to the Last Gen Podcast brought to you by Miracle Word Ministries. These episodes are specifically created with students in mind. More than ever before, we must know why we believe what we believe, build strong faith, and stay on fire for God. We know that Jesus is coming soon, and we're going to live like this is the last generation. Are you ready? Let's go. It was two days before Christmas. I had decided that that day, I was going to do my devotions in my car, in the parking lot of an elementary school, about two minutes from my house. I get in my car, I drive over. There's a cul-de-sac at the end of the street on which the elementary school is located. I pull around into that cul-de-sac, facing outwards. It was about 5 o'clock p.m. I said to myself, I'm going to take an hour, I'm going to pray. And then when this hour is up and when it hits 6 o'clock, I'm going to start my car back up. I'm going to go to this appointment I had later that day, in that evening. So I start praying. I'm sitting there alone in a cul-de-sac right near an elementary school. Two days before Christmas. Well, it gets to 5.50, so I'm about to wrap it up. Saying my goodbyes to God. And uh, as I am, a big pickup truck pulls, starts coming at me, driving towards me, and starts to pull around in front of me in the cul-de-sac. So I figure, okay, he needs to pull around. I need to leave anyways, so I'm going to leave. And so I, I start leaving as he, he's entering the cul-de-sac. And as I do, I pass by him and I see his eyes. I can see the devil in his eyes. And so I said, oh, that's weird. This guy's nuts. I moved on with my life. I started driving home. Back to my neighborhood was only about two minutes. I, I had to go through the, back back to my house was only two minutes. I had to go through my neighborhood to get there. And so I'm just going down my neighborhood streets and pulling around. I'm about one minute out, about to pull onto my main street. And I uh, look in my rearview mirror, and that's the guy still following me. I figure that is weird. Every turn that I've taken, he's taken. And every road that I go on, he goes on. He was following me way too closely. And so I figure, you know, I've heard it said that it's when you're being followed, don't go back home because they know your address. So I thought, okay, let's see if this guy is following me. So instead of turning right onto my road, I take a hard left and I go a weird route through the backside of my neighborhood. As I turn left, he turns left. As I pull around in another cul-de-sac, he pulls around in that cul-de-sac. I go straight, he goes straight. I take a right, he goes right. At this point, I realize this man is following me. And so, I gun it. I go about 60 through my neighborhood, right out onto the open road, and I gun it for about five minutes down an open road. And I thought to myself, wow, I lost him. I don't know why he was following me. So now I'm racking my brain, I'm thinking... Hmm, why? Why is this man following me? I didn't do anything but just pass him on the road. And so I eventually think to myself, I've got to turn around and go back home. I've got to make my meeting. So as I turn around, I take a U-turn and I drive back into my neighborhood. I'm thinking to myself, man, what if as I was pulling out, I scratched his car or something? Which I didn't, but I, I, was, I, was, in a, I, was, I was wondering to myself. So I figured, okay, well, I might as well go back in case I just accidentally committed hit and run. 
So I did what, you know, was the, probably, looking back, the stupidest thing I could have done. I drive back to this cul-de-sac in front of the school. And as I pull around, it's already dark. The sun is already set, and I'm, I'm going down this dark and dingy road that leads to the cul-de-sac, the elementary school on my right, and I see this figure, the same truck parked on the side of the road. And so I see this black figure um, standing on the side of the road. And so I say, well, maybe that's just someone walking home from wherever. So I pull into the school parking lot, and as I pull into the school parking lot, I see from across the parking lot a black figure step outside. He was behind a bus. He stepped right, and so I could see him. He pulls out in front of this bus, and I'm about a football field away from him. So I just see a black silhouette. He sees my car. I'm the only car in the parking lot, but there's buses. So from across the parking lot, this man has a baseball bat. I just see a black figure with a baseball bat. When he sees me and when when we make eye contact... He slams the baseball bat down on the ground as if to taunt me. And so, at this point, I've wet my pants, and I'm pretty much thinking to myself, well, Alex, you've got yourself in a little bit of a pickle, if you will. And so, you know, the way he was acting, I thought he was, like, trying to kill me. And so from across the parking lot, he's he's standing there with the baseball bat in his hand, dark, pitch black, under the street light, right beside a bus and so he starts staring at me for about two minutes then he starts taking practice swings as if he was on deck about to take the plate at a baseball game he starts to do practice swings taunting me and eventually we're staring at each other I call my father because he's a gun owner and so I said dad you need to get down here this is uh, not a great situation and so uh, he says stay where you are I'm coming So he's about two minutes out. As soon as I um, tell him that, the guy slips behind the bus again. And so now I've lost him. I can't see him at all. I don't know where he's at. There was a way for him to go behind all the buses. He could have just pulled up right behind me on my car. So I figure, well, I don't know where this man is. So this is it. I'm going to go see the Lord now. (laughs) But I figure, you know what? I'm just going to pop my car and drive, and I'm going to slowly drive to see if I can see this man again. I don't see him, but as soon as I pop my car and drive across the road where the road is that leads to the cul-de-sac, I see his truck going 60 miles an hour down to 25, pulling around the cul-de-sac, and then he pulls up behind me, and he looks like he's trying to hit me with his car. So I gun it down the road. We leave the road on which the School is located. I take a right and I go out to the main road that leads to a shopping center right near me where everyone buys groceries. Mind you, it's two days before Christmas. As as I do, he's following me about two feet close. Like two feet behind my car is his car. And he's got crazy eyes and he's looking like he wants to kill me. And so I'm I'm still on the phone with my dad. He says, pull into the the, uh, shopping center. It's crowded. There's nothing. He's not going to try anything there. So I think, okay. I'm going to do that. And so I pull into the the shopping center. I'm dodging people as they're going in and out, doing their final Christmas shopping. Large crowds of people, about 100 people in that shopping center, going into stores, out of stores, into the grocery store, out of the grocery store. And so he's still on my tail. So I I start doing loops around the 
shopping center to try to lose him. Well, he doesn't want to be lost. And so he's following me so close. And then finally my dad shows up. My dad says, here, park right in front of the grocery store where it's, there's a crowd of people. And so I go to turn in to park. And as I slow down my car, he stops his car, gets out of his car, all right? And two feet behind my car, he stops his car, gets out of his car, and runs at my car with a baseball bat, same baseball bat. And so right in front of all the crowd, he was about five, ten feet from the entrance of the supermarket, many witnesses watching. And so he takes his bat, and he starts charging my car, stalking my car, and he brings back his bat as if he was about to swing. You know, at this point, my dad has gotten out of the car. He's got one hand on his gun, and he says, and he yells at the guy, Hey! The guy looks over. At this point, I was able to park. He looks at him. You have a problem with my son? You know, in the Italian voice that, you know, way that he says things. <laughs> you know, deep connections with the mafia. So you can imagine the way he shouts. Um, the guy looks confused. And my dad shouts it again. He said, hey, you have a problem with my son. And at this point, it dawns on him. This man realizes, oh man, I am about to commit a crime that will put me away for many years, assault and battery and attempted murder in front of many witnesses, many of which are gun owners and are packing right now. So this man realizes what he's doing. He looks at his bat. He jumps back into his truck, throws the bat into the passenger seat, gets in the car and drives off. How's that for a little? story completely true very true story and I, the only reason i tell you that is because i'm actually <laughs> back right now in that same cul-de-sac <laughs> recording this podcast <sighs> it's funny my dad was like listen if that guy got any closer i was gonna draw my weapon and start firing shots <laughs> well Welcome to the Last Gen Podcast. My name's Alex Iaquinto on behalf of Miracle Word Ministries. And uh, I'm happy to be alive today. That was last Christmas. And uh, what an experience. Yeah, so naturally I go back to the scene of the crime, you know, for the fourth time. Smart thing to do. <laughs> I wonder what this guy wants. Let me go back. <laughs> Well, anyways, you've seen the title. I've just shaved off 10 minutes of, of my time that I get to teach you guys today. Um, but, you know, I thought it's a story worth telling. Today, let's let's cut all the introductions. I've taken too much of your time already. By the way, if you are still listening, thank you. We are talking about three misconceptions about financial prosperity. Listen, you've seen the gas prices. You know what's going on in the world, um, at least a little bit. At least you have some rudimentary knowledge of what's happening in the world. Um, maybe you've been part of the mass hysteria that's been going around. People posting, it's $5 here. It's four fifty here in my town. Gas is is $7 in California. People are freaking out because of the gas prices, because of the economy. It's a terrible time to buy property, brother. You know, 
property values have doubled since two years ago. It's like, okay. So there's mass hysteria in the financial realm. I heard one preacher say, the test of 2020 and 2021 was the devil was attacking the church in the realm of healing. And that's very true. With COVID, we saw who, who stood up for we, we saw who stood up for divine healing and, and, and the Bible in 2020 and 2021. But he said this, he said, the thing that's coming next is the devil is attacking and, and testing the church on financial prosperity. We're going to see this year who believes God in the, in the realm of their finances and who doesn't believe him. Who's going to freak out and get all in fear because of what the world's doing and there's a, there's a famine coming and there's a, you know, all these things, gas prices are up. And listen, this is, this is hitting you guys straight where you're at because you guys are youth. You're young adults. I understand that maybe some of you have just started driving. Some of you have just, maybe you guys just bought a house for the first time. You're looking to buy or, or get a condo for the first time. You're moving out. For the first time, you're financially independent for the first time, and I'm right with you. In about two weeks, I mean, I just turned 18. In about two weeks, I'm out on my own. So I'm, I'm with you. I'm about to buy my first property in a couple months. So I understand, like, people, people talk about prosperity like it's something that you just have to believe when you get into your 30s and 40s. No, no, no. You better believe in prosperity and and see it work in your life while you're a teenager. Like, the earlier you can start to get the word of God in your spirit about financial prosperity, the better you will do in life. Because I'm telling you, it's not just something for people who have mortgages. Financial prosperity is not just something for people who have bills and electric bills and car payments. No, no, no. You can be a teenager and be a token of God's blessing in finances. You don't have to be like everyone talks about. Well, in high school, you know how many were broke. I'm not, no, not participating, not me. And you don't have to be like that either. So this is straight. I, I want you to get this. I really do want you to understand what we're, we're talking about today because I'm so, I mean, I'm, I'm thinking about it now. I've heard preachers and people, Christians talk about how you know, back when I was a teenager and back when I was in my early 20s, I didn't believe in prosperity and, you know, I bashed it and stuff like that. And they talked about how because of that, they had a hard time in their finances. And it wasn't until I was 28 when I got the revelation of prosperity and, oh, what what life could have been like if I would have just grasped that in, at an early age. Listen, you're, you're there now. It, you're at an early age now, whether you're 16, whether you're 26, whether you're 32. That's still young. And so I want you to get this revelation in your spirit about financial prosperity. And one of the, I've said this before, one of the great ways to learn how to do something is to first learn how not to do something. It, it helps you to know how to believe when you know how not to believe. All right. And so, and, and in order to, because I've said this before, we've done a, a podcast on fi financial prosperity. It was like the second or third podcast we ever did. And I remember I got all riled up because someone said something stupid about prosperity and it got me mad or whatever. And so like I came on here and I was like, I was coming after it. But um, 
you have to know why you believe what you believe. And so hearing how not to believe something really shows you, like it puts a distaste in your mouth for improper doctrine and stupid things people believe. I never want to be like those people who are always doubting. I never want to be like those people who are always have something bad to say about God's blessing. So I'm going to go through three lies. And I said this um, in the first prosperity podcast that we did that you would think like people make the word prosperity out to be like such an American doctrine. Like there's a documentary called the American gospel on Netflix and what they do throughout the whole thing. The li- the whole thing is just based on bashing health and wealth preachers. They go after Joel Osteen. They go, go after, you know, anyone, John Osteen, his father, they go after Kenneth Copeland, Kenneth Hagen. They go after all of these quote unquote prosperity preachers, which they are. And that's not a a bad word, prosperity, but they make it out to be. And they say, oh, this is just an Americanized, capitalistic version of the gospel. Always focused on yourself. Always focused on material things. This is an American gospel. But really, if you look around the church today, do you really think the American gospel is about wealth? Do you really think most churches are too much focused on money? Do you think it's an American gospel? No. In fact, I would argue that the Americanized version of the gospel, the American, the American church, doesn't talk about money at all. And they, 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 you know, they'll be all like, you know, you got to get your side hustle going. They're, they're all prosperity when it comes to the world system, when it comes to capitalism, which I'm a fan of capitalism. I'm, I love that we live in this country and we get to enjoy the blessings of, of America And I know some of you aren't in America and you don't have that privilege, but you know, people will go so, so far as to say like, you got to get a side hustle going, you got to work hard, you know, get good work ethics. So, you know, they're all for prosperity in the natural, but when it comes to God blessing you, no, 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 I could never take that. And it's not about money. Amen. It's about his presence. You know, I'm not here for blessings. Jesus, you don't owe me anything. I'm not here for blessings. I don't want, you know, whether you bless me or not doesn't matter to me. I just want to be with you. Well, it's like, yeah, so so the Americanized version of the gospel is really a poverty gospel. And that's, that was the title of the first one, Don't Believe the Poverty Gospel. So that's the Americanized version. You know, we don't like to talk about money because how many know it's not about money? It's about souls, amen? It's about souls, that's why it's about money. <laughs> you can't, You don't put on a crusade that wins 30,000 people to Christ for free. You think Reinhard Bonnke, who, put, who won 1.01 million people to Christ in one night, in one crusade, in one night, was like, it's not about money, amen. It's, no, no, no. It matters. Money matters. So I want to get this thinking out of your head. So that's why we're going after these three lies. And I'm going to try to do it in under... 20 minutes um, from hence on. I want you to have your Bible with me. I mean, your Bible with you. Um, And I want you to turn. I'm just going to go through scriptures and I want you to take notes on this because the devil will really try. I'm telling you, the devil will really try to have your faith shaky in the area of finances because he wants you to struggle. He wants you to struggle financially. He wants you to get into student loan debt. He wants you to get 
bogged down with mortgage payments. He wants you to be up to your eyeballs in credit card debt. That's a devil's that's the devil's victory in your life. So if but if you have the word of God on your phone, wherever you take notes, in a notebook, whatever, and you have scriptures that you can go to, and when some idiot says, you know, it's a hard, it's a hard thing serving God, you can look at a you know, you can turn in the Bible where Jesus said, My yoke is easy, my burden is light. You know, Jesus never promised us that we'd be rich. Second Corinthians chapter eight, you you'll be enriched in every way. Chapter nine, you'll be enriched in every way, having all abundance in all times for all things to every great work. So you can just pull up scriptures and 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 end it all. So the first lie about financial prosperity that I want to go after is um number one, if you're taking notes, the first lie is that financial prosperity is all about buying nice things. Write that down. Financial prosperity is all about buying nice things. And that's what people bash. Oh, you know, it's a health and wealth preacher. You know what they do with those offerings? They buy nice watches and they just want to be rich off of your offerings. Well, you know that health and wealth gospel. They just want to get rich. They just want nice cars. Did you see what car they're driving? And people make out prosperity people to be money grubbers and to be greedy. You know, whenever talking about Kenneth Copeland, you know, I'm, I'm actually sad for Brother Copeland because, you know, the Bible says the love of money is the root of all evil. The more and more I meet people who truly believe in prosperity, the more and more I realize that it's not prosperity people that love money. It's not prosperity people that are greedy and love money. It's people that bash prosperity. They're the lovers of money. And I want to break this down for you because when you truly believe in prosperity, when you truly believe in the blessing of God, the financial blessing of God, it really shows that you don't love money. You put God above money. Why is that? Because... God made a system that you don't just get rich out of nowhere. Give and it shall be given to you. Sow and you will reap. God says, give to me what you have. Release it to me and I will bless you for it. So God checks right there who loves money and who doesn't love money. I always said this and it sounds harsh, but it's it's very true. If you have a problem giving in the offering, you don't love God. If you have a problem giving and you don't give financially, listen to me, not give of your resources, give of your time. No, if you don't give financially to God, I don't believe that you really love him. And you know, this is where people turn off the podcast. Well, I don't want to, I don't want to be talked to like this. Just, you know, hear it from Jesus where your treasure is. There will your heart be also. What people love, they spend money on. And you can, I can tell where a person's heart is by looking at their checkbook. You can tell where a person's heart is by looking at their bank statement. When you love a girl, you do anything to give her gifts. When you love your wife, you do anything to give her good gifts. When you love football, you'll pay thousands of dollars 
to sit in the stadium for six hours being rained on while you're watching men tackle each other because you love football, so you spend money on football. But when you love God, you spend money on God. You, you bless God with your finances. So don't tell me you love God and you can't give. It's just not true. But really, I want you to see this. People make out prosperity people to be all, oh, they just want money. They just want to buy the next newest watch. They just want to, you know, they just want to uh, get this nice car and they just want private jets. You know what they're doing with your offerings. But really, people who have a problem giving to God, people who have a problem tithing, people who have a problem giving offerings and giving large portions of their finances to God. Well, I feel like that's a lot of, you know, God doesn't expect you to give that much. Those people are the greedy ones because they love so much. They love their money so much that they cannot give it to God. They cannot release it. They're hoarders. I mean, you watch that, that show hoard. Uh, what is it? American hoarders or something? I don't, I don't know what it is, but you see like what, what kind of like a stronghold people have. And that's the same. They just collecting, they're collecting like cardboard boxes for no reason. There's like 70 cardboard boxes. Why don't you give that up? No, 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 that. What if I need it later? You know, I can't give that up. There's like five dead cats somewhere in there. You know, they're just hoarders. And that's what Americans have been taught to be. Hoarders with money. They have a problem giving to God. So it's not, so, so the lie is, it's all about buying nice things. The, re- the real truth is, is that the more and more I meet prosperity people, the more and more I talk to my uncle, the more and more I talk to my aunt, the more and more I see how they live. I see great men of God. I talk to them. I see what they do in their, in their spare time. The more and more I, I see that, people who truly believe in prosperity, I don't believe this lie even a bit because with true prosperity people, it's not about buying nice things. They don't believe in in the blessing of God so that they can get the next, you know, car. When you're a true prosperity people, it's not about what I can buy. It's about what I can give. And I'm telling you, prosperity people are the most generous people you'll ever meet because they're such like a a nonchalant, like, I don't care. You know, God will provide. It's not crazy for me to buy everyone's meal here. They want to do it. It's in their heart. People who really believe in prosperity, truly, and in, in, in the right way. That scripture is so true. I want to read this scripture to you. Acts chapter 20, verse 35. In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus. How he himself said, this is what Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And many people, there's a debate on this this scripture. Some people will preach, well, yeah, it's more blessed to give than to receive because God is going to bless you for giving. And that's one way to interpret it. Other people say, no, 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 that word blessed just means happy. It's more happy to give than to receive. Hey, either way, it's true. Because you meet real prosperity people. They're not stingy with money. They have a heart for giving. 
They have a heart. It's like I I I I told you guys about this before. Like it it does something for like it always is like a a burned thing into my heart because I'd always watch how my aunt and uncle and you know them. I mean, you know what they preach. They're prosperity people. How my aunt and uncle have such a heart to just bless people. Like, we'll be eating. Table of 14. They'll go there early. They'll show up early. They'll talk to the waitress, coerce her into taking their credit card instead of the other person's credit card. Sometimes they'll fight them for it. No, no, no. Take my card. If you take my card, I'll tip you better. They just have a heart for giving. They want to buy everyone's meal. They want to be the person that blesses this person randomly. They want to be the person that goes, that, you know, they go to a church to preach and they're not just asking for things, but they're blessing the pastor. And I started seeing that. And I started seeing how my parents give. I started seeing how preachers that really believe in prosperity give. And all they do is give. I mean, it's like, and I watched that and I said to the Lord, like I say that all the time, like, Lord, I want to be that person. I want to be the one to buy everyone's dinner. I want to be the one to randomly bless people with expensive things. Why are you giving me this? I don't know. I just wanted to. Because that is true. It's more blessed to give than to receive. It blesses me more to pay for someone's lunch than for someone to pay for my lunch. But these prosperity people, all they want is your money. You know what they're doing with those offerings? You know... You just believe in prosperity because you want a nice house and you want a big pool and you want a big apartment. And you... No, it's never about what can I get. It's about, I, Lord, I want to sow the biggest seed into your hand that I've ever sown this year. Like I just, I just sowed the largest seed, largest one-time seed into the kingdom, December 31st, 2021. Because I said, I... I said to the Lord, I want to do this. I want to increase my faith and give as much as I can give this year. And I want my giving to be the largest portion of the of the pie when I look back on my finances, which it has been by the grace of God. And so, you know, it's not about, you know, true, true prosperity people, true prosperity people. Like, obviously, there are people that misuse it. And that they all, they do just want nice things and they'll preach it so that they can get an offering, whatever. And the Bible prophesies they'll be lovers of money. And that preach just for gain. Yes, there are those people. But true people who believe in financial blessing. Like me. Like my uncle. Evangelist Ted Shuttlesworth, Shuttlesworth Jr. Like my aunt. Like Evangelist Preston. It's not about what I can get. It's about, Lord, I want to, I want to bless as many people as I can this side of heaven. That's possible. And it does something for you as you start to do that. I want to take you to another verse of scripture. Let me look it up real quick. It's in the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 28, and this is God speaking to the Israelites. 
This is a promise. Speaking to the seed of Abraham. And the Bible says in Galatians that we are the true seed of Abraham. So we are spiritual Israel. So this applies to you. This is what God said. Let me read it in the ESV. Where is it at? The Lord will open. This is Deuteronomy 28, 12. The Lord will open to you his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain to your hand, to, to your land in its season and bless all the work of your hands. And this is the promise from God. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. That's a promise from God. God said, you will lend to many and borrow from none. I want to be that person. I don't want to be the one that's always asking for rides. I want to be the one that's always giving rides. I don't want to be the one that's like, hey, can you pay for my meal? You know, it's, things are just tight. No, no, I want to be the one that says everyone in this line I'm paying for. So that's lie number one. That it's all about money. It's all about what you can get. No, it's about having a heart for God. Paul even said this to the church in in um, Corinth. He said, prove your love by giving. Prove your love by giving. Giving proves your love. All right, if I don't get through these next two, then I'll never get through it. Number two, lie number two. Giving helps God or giving helps preachers. When you're giving, you're just giving to help God, help him out. When you're tithing, you know, God really needs your tithe. Or you're giving just to, as, a, as a donation to a preacher. Listen, your giving is not like giving to a, a dog shelter on a sad commercial with Sarah McLaughlin singing in the background. It's not like that. It's not a donation. You're not just donating to God or donating to a preacher because, you know, he kind of needs it. Many people will say, you know, and my uncle has said, don't say this. Don't say this if you're a preacher. He always says this. He says, you know, there's preachers who will get on their partner video and their, or they'll start preaching. And when it comes time for offering, they'll say something like, Without you guys giving, we could never do what we do. Or it's because of your giving that we can feed this, these children. Or it's because of your giving that we, can, that we can preach the gospel around the world. Or we need you to give. And my uncle said, stop saying that. And I want to read you a scripture that's going to really help you with that. It's going to really help you with that. All right, it is, um, we'll start in Philippians chapter 4. This is Paul talking to the Philippians about giving. And we'll start in verse 14. Yet it was kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that in the beginning of the gospel or my ministry, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. He said this, even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that, listen to this, listen to this. This is Paul talking. So he's talking about giving and he says this, not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that increases to your credit. 
I have received full payment and more. I am well supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent, a fragrant offering, sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God. So he says that, he says, it's not that I'm, I'm just looking for a gift from you. He says this, I care more about you. It's not about, you know, giving isn't to help me, Paul's saying. I'm talking about this to help you. So when you give to God or when you give in an offering, it's not so you can help a preacher. It's so that God can bless you. What do you think? God needs your tithes. He needs to fix some things in heaven and he doesn't have enough money in the budget for renovations. So he really needs your tithe to help with that. No, God owns all the silver and all the gold. So your tithing won't make God any more God. Or your tithing or your giving isn't going to, isn't going to, uh, it's not just for the preacher. Always remember when a preacher talks about giving, a good preacher talks about giving and, and receives an offering, it's not for themselves. It's for you. Because truly, if I'm in my purpose, let's say 10 years down the road, I'm on the road as an evangelist, and, and I had partners or whatever, and the ministry was going great, and every single one of those partners stopped partnering, Nobody, every, everybody stopped giving to me, my ministry won't change a bit because it's not, it's not people that supply my needs. It's God who supplies all my needs. So God doesn't need people. He'll bless me however. You know, I'm I'm his covenant man, so he's going to bless me regardless of people. So it's not like I need people to give. No, no, no. It's for your sake. When I go into an offering, I'm not thinking, oh, this preacher, he just he's turning it to an offering because he needs to get home with money in his pocket. No, I'm thinking, wow, God's giving me an opportunity to increase. Give and it shall be given to you. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. If you sow sparingly, you'll reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, you'll reap bountifully. So don't don't treat an offering like I'm just helping this preacher out. You know, it was a good it was a good message. So he he deserves no. no, no. You're not even giving to preachers anyways. Though though you're giving to preachers in the natural, though you're giving to your church in the natural, though you're giving to um, the poor in the natural. It's not them that's finally getting it. The Bible says Jesus receives it in heaven. So when you're, you're not giving to preachers, you're giving to God. Preachers are just the ones that, re, that are receiving it. The church is just the vessel that God's up, set up to receive it. But you're really giving to God. And so... You're not, it's not about giving to preachers. It's not about helping preachers out. It's not about helping God out. Giving always helps you. What do you think? My thousand dollar seed that I just sowed as like the, the thing that I thought was so great, you know, the biggest seed that I've ever sown in my life. Do you think God saw that and was like, wow, now I can do all the things that I've wanted to do now, you know, <laughs> he's unfazed by that. He's only phased by the faith that it took me to give. But it's not like that helps him out. It helps me out. It helps me out to give. 
And so line number three, this is a huge one, huge one, huge one that I want you to get in your spirit. You've been listening to me. You think, okay, you know, I do need to step up my faith. I do need to step up my believing when it comes to finances. I do want to see the greatest year I've ever seen. I do want to own property. I do want to be the lender and not the borrower. I do want to be the head and not the tail. I want to be the one that's always paying for people's dinners and giving to the poor and all. I want to partner with ministries. I do want to be increased in my finances. But you have to understand this. This is the third lie. So lie number one, it's all about buying nice things. Lie number two, giving helps God or giving helps preachers. Number three, prosperity just happens. Oh, you know, I believe God can bless people, but, you know, not everyone. You shouldn't tell that to everyone. God sovereignly chooses who he's going to bless, and maybe he's given the gift of riches to one person so that he could raise them up to be a kingdom businessman. But, you know, that's not for everyone. You don't promise everyone that they're going to be a millionaire. Or people will talk like, talk about like Brother Copeland, Kenneth Copeland. Like they'll talk about how he's blessed, so blessed. Or they'll talk about even my uncle. Talk about any of his, you know, uncles or, or his parents or his cousins. Or any preacher that you listen to, Brother Hagen, whatever. They'll think, oh, wow, he's so blessed. Well, God just chose to bless him. That way. And then people say dumb stuff like that, like this. Oh, wasn't that just a suddenly moment? Wasn't that just a suddenly? Suddenly God came in and blessed them. We don't know why, but God just blessed them so much and it's, no, it's never a suddenly moment. Though it might look sudden, though blessing might look sudden from the outside, like if God just completely blessed the socks out of me, which he, you know, he has this year and someone looks back on it or looks from the outside in, they think, oh wow, that was just so random. God just suddenly dropped that into his hands. God just suddenly gave him that nice thing. God just suddenly spoke to that person to give that much money. God just suddenly gave him that job that, you know. Or God just suddenly gave him that property. You could say that looking outside from the outside in, but it's not true. You haven't seen the, the amount of money that I've sown, that I've given. It's not suddenly. It's in response to something. Listen, you can't. You can't expect to be blessed and give absolutely nothing. You can pray all you want, and if you don't give, you'll never be blessed. I'm telling you. And people quote this all the time. We're, we're in the chapter now, Philippians 4, 14. Not 14. Philippians 4, 19. People quote this all the time. And my God will supply all, every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And I claim that God's going to supply all your needs. Well, he's not going to supply everyone's needs. Listen to who Paul was talking to when he said that. He was talking to the only church that partnered with him. Do you notice Paul didn't write that to every church? He only wrote that to the givers. He only wrote that to the tithers, to the faithful people who gave in finances, who sowed. God doesn't bless everyone. Obviously, you look at everyone do you think everyone in the body of Christ is a millionaire? Obviously not. And it's not because God chose randomly to make some people millionaires and some people not. It's because people don't give. 
And if you don't give, you've got no basis to believe you'll be blessed. I mean, I was talking to my friend, Lauren. She lives in Virginia Beach. And it's like crazy. When she, she, she started telling me, like, when <laughs> she started telling me of all the things that have been happening, people just giving her things and money coming in, doing great in her job, and just, like, financial blessing, like, out of, it looks like out of nowhere. But I said, you know, I said to her, I was like, wow, it's almost weird. Exactly when you started giving, you started being blessed. And she said, I know. And so she knows it's because of her giving. It doesn't just happen randomly. You don't get blessed randomly. You get blessed in response to faith, in response to obedience. It was just such a suddenly moment. No, you haven't seen the dollars that they sowed, the things that they sacrificed. It's like the same thing with prayer. Oh, that was just a suddenly moment. God promoted them. No, no, no. You haven't seen the hours and hours they've been faithful in their calling. You haven't seen the hours and hours they've been praying in their room while everyone else was doing other things. You didn't see the time they stayed fasting. You didn't see those things. You just see the blessing. And so you think, oh, it's a suddenly moment. No, it's not a suddenly moment. It's response to faith, to obedience. Be obedient and God will bless you. I can't make it more simple than that. And you know what? I'm going to give you an opportunity. You say, Alex, I want to I want to level up in my finances. I want to be a financial wonder in my generation. Then there's a way to do that. I'll turn it I'll turn there to with you. 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I mean chapter 9 and verse 6. This, the point is this, Paul said, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully, so he's saying, those who sow a little will reap a little. Those who sow much will reap much. Each one must give as he's decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. I'm not making you give. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. So that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he is distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Listen to this. This is the promise. He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. If you say that, I want that to be me, there's a way to access that. It's by giving. There's no way to access financial prosperity without giving. I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow a seed into Miracle Word Ministries, a ministry that I'm a part of and believe in wholeheartedly. I partner with them. You know, I'm not just talking about this because, you know, and I get exempt because I'm, you know, some somehow like you know connected with them no no, i give monthly i partner monthly and whether you're giving a one-time seed i want you to ask the lord right now while you're listening to this podcast i'm going to give you time wherever you are in your car if you're in you know if you're just in your house chilling whatever i'm going to give you time i want you to stop this push pause on this video and i want you to ask the lord Lord, what would you have me give? What do you want me to give? The Lord will quickly give you a number. 
and he's going to say give it. And the reason he's doing that is because he, he wants to see you blessed. And if you dare to obey him in that, whatever he tells you to do, do it. And w- watch, just watch how God moves heaven and earth to bless you. So, Father, in Jesus' name, speak to every one of us what you'd have us give. What do you want us to give? Give us a number and we'll be faithful to obey it and to give it because we love you. We're thankful for you and we believe that you'll bless us. In Jesus' name, speak to every single person. In the name of Jesus, amen. And here are the ways you can give. Go to miracleword.com. Here, let me, oh my goodness. Miracleword.com slash give. And it'll show you all the ways you can give. You can give by debit or credit card. The the easiest way is going to miracleword.com slash give. MiracleWord.com slash give. It'll say debit or credit card. You can do PayPal. Cash app is MWGive. It's dollar sign MWGive. Venmo is MWGive. We do Zelle. If you're given by cryptocurrency, you can give by crypto. If you're doing wire transfer. If anyone in this podcast is giving by mail, I commend you because I don't even know how to do that anymore. I'm sorry. I'm such a Gen Zer. But do whatever God tells you and then watch how he blesses you. And I want you, those who are giving, those who are faithful, you can claim. I want you to take Philippians. Only if you give, though. Like, if you've, if you've never given anything to God, or you don't tithe, or you don't give, you cannot claim this. But those who are faithful to give to God, they tithe, they give offerings. Take Philippians 4, 19. Write it down, and my God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. Take 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse... Let me get it for you so that you can write it down. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse um, 11. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way. Write that down on a sticky note. Put it in your car. Put it on your mirror. Expect that God will bless you. Don't expect that you're just going to go through trouble and more trouble. Listen, if if you stick with God, you give to God, he'll bless you in such a way that gas prices don't phase you could go up to $10 a gallon and you're still going to be giving rides to people because it doesn't phase you. God's blessed you too much. Money's not an issue. You know, you can be at that point, but I want you to believe like, don't go around life thinking like people are out to, you know, things are going to happen and I'm going to have to pay un unexpected payments. No, start thinking every day, wake up and say, someone is coming to bless me. Thank you, Lord, that someone right now is coming to bless me. You know, it's funny. I would never say this to my parents, but that story I told you at the beginning, you think to yourself, Alex, why did you go back? Why did you go back to the place where that crazy guy was? And really, the reason I did, and I, you know, I didn't tell this to the police officer that I had to talk to at the end. I also didn't tell the police officer that I, had, that I was there praying, because who's going to believe that? What were you doing at that cul-de-sac? Well, I was just reading my Bible, you know. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> What were you doing at that cul-de-sac late at night? I was praying. Sure. Definitely. But I was. But I just didn't say that. You know, I was like, I wasn't going to cause trouble. I was just reading my Bible, officer. Which I was. But, you know, that's regardless. So the reason I actually came back is I was like, first of all, I thought, okay, what if I did scratch his, his bumper or whatever? But then I thought to myself, wait, Lord, I'm believing. for, And I laid out to the Lord in prayer that day. 
Lord, I'm believing for this much to come in because I want to sow it into your kingdom. So I was believing for $1,000 to come in. And so I was like, Lord, I know you can do it. I, I believe you're, you're making a way where there is no end. I pray real hard and I believe God and I was in faith. And so like I was, I was running away from this serial killer, I thought. And I was like, wait, <laughs> I was on the main road. I, was, I finally got free of him. And I thought, wait, what if that guy is coming to bless me? <laughs> so I was like, oh, what if he's going to give me $1,000? God just sent someone randomly to give me $1,000. So I swing back in the parking lot and I come back expecting for this man to hop out of his car and bless me with $1,000. Uh, needless to say, he was not there to bless me. He was there to murder me. So, uh, yeah, I, I didn't tell that to my parents because, you know, it sounds pretty dumb when you think about it. Didn't tell that to the officer either. Well, I love you. You know all the ways to give. Thank you for giving. God's going to bless you for giving. God's going to really bless you for giving. I want testimonies. Maybe it's the largest seed you've ever sown, and God's giving it to you now. And, and you're going to give it faithfully. He's going to bless you in a way that you've never seen. I want you to DM the.last.gen on Instagram. Tell us what God did for you. Because it's real, man. It's real. God wants to make you a pillar of, of financial blessing. Now, when sinners see you, they don't see just another bum who wants rods from other people. They'll see, oh, that's what happens when you serve God. Your life goes up and not down. Amen? All right. I love you. I'll see you later. We'll talk later. Um, Yeah. Thanks for listening. Stay updated with Instagram. We're going to do some live streams coming up. I love you. And, uh, check back in with you later.